0: that we would be responsive to the Lord's guidance as we reach out to the lost sheep of the House of Israel in the greater Los Angeles area. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy this message. By an act of God. Why? Because the sin of mankind had become so entrenched, so wicked, the scripture says, and uses some very harsh language in the Hebrew scriptures, because their sin had multiplied and had increased to such a degree. God had acted in bringing judgment on the world. That's what we reflect on when we think of the story of Noah. But I love the portion that I had read, because that last line says, matzah, uh, um, be'enei adonai." Moses, or excuse me, Noah found grace in the eyes of God. That's the point that the story of Noah is meant to make. That's what introduces the whole section about Noah, that he found grace in the eyes of God. Now, here's the question. How does one find grace? And what is grace? And what does it mean to be found? And what is the significance of the eyes of God? You know, one of the greatest rabbis of all of history is that of the Rambam. uh, rabbi Moses ben Maimon. I think he's around the 1200s or so. He was a brilliant man. Philosopher, astronomer, advisor to the king. He was a rabbi and he was a theologian. He wrote a very important text, actually it's in two volumes in an English translation, called The Guide for the Perplexed. And in that guide, he tried to help us understand these more complex portions of Scripture. When the Bible says that Noah found grace in the eyes of God, does God have eyes? And that's the question that Rambam wants to address. Because God is spirit. He's not corporeal. He doesn't have a body, so he doesn't have eyes. So, what is meant by in the eyes of God? Moses ben Maimon tells us that in the eyes of God means in deep relationship with God. In the very presence of God Himself, Noah found God's grace. What does it mean to find? You know, that word can be understood in a variety of ways. In one way, it can mean to discover something. When you hunt for something, you find it. But it can also mean something was given. It wasn't so much that he was searching, but it was that God was gracious and he gave. And therefore, Abraham, or I should say Noah, acquired this grace of God. For grace is not something that can be earned. Grace is something that can only be received by the mercy of God. Some have said that grace is getting, is not getting what one, no, getting what one does not deserve. If I have it right. And mercy is not getting what one does reserve. I don't know. Maybe it's the other way around. (laughs) But the point is grace is not something Noah earned. It's interesting. If you look at the passage, it's the next verse that says Noah was righteous in the eyes of God. It wasn't that he was righteous and therefore earned the grace of God. He received the grace of God and became a righteous person. And so what makes one righteous is not the efforts of our lives, as much as we want our lives to be good lives, righteous-looking lives. One receives righteousness from the grace of God. And thus, Noah found grace. He didn't earn grace. He didn't merit grace. He found it in the gracious love of God. That's the whole point of the Jewish people being a people of God. That's what it means for them being called the chosen people. They did not choose God. We were chosen by God. That means we are people of grace. Because we cannot be the Jewish people unless God has chosen us. Abraham was called out of Ur the Chaldeans. God laid his hand on Abraham, and Abraham's son Isaac, and his son Jacob, and his remaining descendants of whom some of us here, myself included, are members. We are members of this illustrious people because God was gracious to us, and we found ourselves so born among the Jewish people. You did not earn being a Jew. You received it by the grace of God. Like Moses or Noah received the grace of God and therefore was thereby was spared the flood. Now it's always sort of a combination of things. God seeks us out. I love Rabbi Joshua Heschel's book, God in Search of Man. It isn't we who are in search of God, it's God who is in search of us, and his creation is his fingerprints to us as we reflect upon it dissect it and think deeply about the reality in which we are placed but i can't help but think in this time of year when many christians are looking forward to celebrating the coming of messiah and his birth That there's a very interesting passage in the New Testament, the New Covenant, the Brita Tadashah, if you will. These Jewish writers who wrote about the coming of Messiah, those who experienced him, saw him, and knew him firsthand. And they tell us this story. They tell us the story of some magi, that is, certain kings, some think of them as astronomers, but the term really means certain rulers that came from the East, In the scripture, the east is always Babylon or Persia. It's always Mesopotamian area. They came from that part of the world and they followed a bright, shining object. The Greek word does not mean star. It means bright, shining object. And like the Jewish people coming out of the land of of Egypt followed a bright, shining object to the land of promise, So these rulers from the east followed a bright, shining object that led them to Messiah. I believe that to be the Shekinah glory, like in the Hebrew scriptures we read of Israel traveling for 40 years and being brought into the promised land. The interesting thing about these from the east east, is that they are Gentiles. They are non-Jews who are alert to the Jewish Messiah. They are alert to the presence of God as made manifest by the Shekinah glory like Israel in the wilderness. How could these Gentiles know anything about that kind of stuff? And then we remember the prophet Daniel was a prophet who for 70 years ministered in the East. And we remember in the Torah, the teaching of Balaam, this Moabite prophet who was from the east, both of whom spoke of the coming Messiah. And those from the east had access to Daniel, Jewish prophet in the east. They had access to Balaam, a prophet in the east. And they both spoke of the coming Messiah, and they were looking for him. Like Noah, they found grace in the eyes of God. Now, the prophets of Israel and the entirety of the Hebrew scriptures is about one most important discovery. And that one most important discovery is that the Messiah would come and bring us life. Messiah would come and bring an era of peace and prosperity. Messiah would come and fulfill all that the law had commanded his people to obey, but couldn't obey. The Messiah would come and fulfill all that the sacrificial system was meant to denote. And all that the Levitical priesthood represented. And all that the kings stood and manifested itself as. He would be the king and he would be the priest. And so the prophets of Israel and the writers of scripture don't want us to miss it. And by the way, the ancient rabbis, not the modern rabbis that are oftentimes, I would say, diluted by modernism. But the ancient rabbis teach this very truth. What I'm saying is not new to Israel or the Jewish people. It's what the ancient rabbis always taught, is that Messiah is coming. And one of the neat passages that is connected with the Magi that come from the east is found in the prophet Michah, Micah, who is like God. And in that prophet, prophet's words, he tells us in chapter 5, in the Hebrew text, it's verse 1. In the the Christian Bibles, it is in verse 2. And what Micah tells us is, you, Bethlehem, Though you are the fewest of all villages and cities in Israel, yet out of you shall he come forth who will be ruler of my people, shepherd of my people, whose goings forth, he said, would be from of old, from everlasting. Now the reason I want to bring this up, just very quickly I'm going to bring to a close, is two important Hebrew words in Micah 5.1. Check it out in your Hebrew Bibles. One of those words is the word, which is the word translated everlasting, and it oftentimes means the distant ancient past. Another word that's translated there is the word olam, which oftentimes is used to speak of the distant future. But here's the interesting thing. Whenever those two words are found together in the Hebrew text, and there are very few places where they are, so found. But where they are so found, Deuteronomy 33 verse 27, for example, the word is always translated eternal. This would be the one place where the two words together would not be so translated. What Micah is saying is extremely profound. He's saying the promised deliverer. The promised ruler. The promised king of Israel who will come from the very city that David came from. This promised king who would be not only a king but a shepherd of his people. His origins would be from eternality. Not just his thought. Not just the idea of him. The text says his goings forth. His existence comes from all of Olam, all of eternity, and so the mystery is this: How is one who is from eternity, that is all of time, it encompasses both the very beginnings and beyond and the very future and beyond. How does one who is eternal come from Bethlehem? How does he become a son of David so as to reign as king? How is one who is eternal? also one to be birthed anywhere, let alone in Bethlehem. That's the mystery. And it's God's grace alone that can open our hearts to its meaning. Just as only God's grace could open Noah's heart to know what was coming. And when he opened his heart, what did Noah do? He built an ark. Keep in mind, it never rained before. In scripture, there's no reference to rain until Noah. And how weird must that have been? an arc of, I don't know how many cubits is the cubits. I don't remember the dimensions, but hundreds of feet in the plains of Moab in the desert, in Mesopotamia, in the desert. And he's telling people, you know, it's going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights. And you can imagine the people are saying, "Noah man, like, relax. It's never, ever rain, you know? But no, Noah showed his reception of God's grace By doing what God commanded him to do. And we show the reception of God's grace when we respond to the revelation of his word. When the prophets say the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, are we ready to bow before its truth? Or will we scrutinize it and question it and find ourselves not receiving the grace of God? Noah found it because he was looking for it. Not ignoring it and not being afraid of it. We find grace the same way. We look for God to open our hearts. Like Rabbi Joshua Heschel says, he's in search of us. And we will find him when we search him with all of our hearts, Jeremiah says. And the way to search him with all of your hearts is to search his word. And when you search his word, you'll be confronted by these mysteries. And it's in those mysteries that the truth of God becomes known. It is my conviction and many of us here that Messiah has indeed come. And as Jews and non-Jews, we are mystified by that truth. And we don't have all the answers for it. But we know what the prophets have said. And by his grace, we bow before it and we receive it. I pray that everyone in this room... Might be willing to do the same. And that as you search the scriptures. And as you seek its truth. You will find that they are writing about the coming of Messiah. We believe he has come and is yet to come again to reign. But he has come. And he has been born. And he has revealed himself to Israel. And he continues to reveal himself our people, and I pray that we and all peoples would embrace him as such. Let me pray with you. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word to us. May we not be like the people of Noah's day that were resistant to Noah's word of what he had experienced and what he found. Lord, may we too honor, gravitate, And be particularly impressed by your grace to us. May we humble ourselves before you. Read your word with an open mind and heart. Look for Messiah where the prophets and Moses write about him. And then say, Lord, help me to see this truth and pour out your grace upon my life. We pray especially for Ethan, and we pray, Lord, that from this point on, the work you've begun in his life will grow and grow to great fruition. May your word indeed be a tree of life to him and to all of us. And may we eat of its fruit regularly and ongoingly. And so, Father, we pray That we might know of your grace and receive as Noah did and find you as a result. We pray in Yeshua's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our message. We hope that it serves to encourage you in your walk with the Lord and your service to him. Do remember us in your prayers.